0: What's up, you guys? This is another episode of the Triple Option Report where I talk about sports, comics, and pop culture. And today, it's Friday. You know what that means. I preview this upcoming weekend slate in college football and the NFL. So first off with college football, uh, when it comes to like, I'll just be covering like the key games from here on, from here on out each weekend. I'm not going to be doing every game like I did before because that that's just too much. So might as well start. First off, we have our noon games. Uh, The key ones, uh, Michigan versus Rutgers. Rutgers is actually undefeated. And honestly, couldn't make a case for being ranked heading to this matchup. I believe, uh, not a real poll, but the college football Reddit polls had Rutgers ranked 25th. So, yeah, it's kind of an actually, it's like an actually big game. I don't know why it's just on Big Ten Network, but... Who knows? Uh, Michigan's a heavy favorite here, and I'll say this. Their offense hasn't been... Uh, it hasn't looked as convincing as my, most people probably think on paper, but if you look at it, if you actually watch each, each of their uh, non-conference games, they only played their starters on both offense and defense like the first half, and that's it. So, yeah, the, 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 the scores are kind of misleading. Also, despite that, even with the reserves in, Michigan still has, what, the number one ranked scoring defense, and I believe either number one or number two ranked total defense in the country. So, even with their, their stars resting an entire half or three straight games, no matter the quality opponent they're facing, they're still ranked, what, best defense, they're still the best defense in the country, statistically speaking. So... I look at this matchup and I know that Rutgers can run the ball well, but Rutgers is not a good passing team at all. They're awful, honestly, passing offense-wise. So I look at that and I look at the fact that Michigan's going to be playing their starters the entire game for the most part, or at least like until it gets out of hand. And so I think that Michigan wins pretty dominant. I think that they most likely cover. This is a 24-point favorite, Silver so and Rutgers. I, I yeah, I think Michigan wins in very dominant fashion. I just don't think Rutgers can score, like, at all. And that's going to be a problem for them. Uh, next matchup, Florida State and Clemson. I think Florida State bounces back. Jordan Travis, he looked a little hurt at first, and that was, a little, that was very worrying. But the good thing is that he played the entire second half, and he'd seen fine against Boston College last week. So I think Florida State had an off game. Just like almost the rest of the, the uh, almost every other ranked team in the country last week, so I, I think they'll be fine. I think they bounce back. I just don't think Clemson has the offense to hang with Florida State when they're playing a good game. At least nowhere near as bad as what they did against Boston College last week. So I think Clemson, Florida State wins rather comfortably, at least two touchdowns. A uh, and M, Texas A and M, and Auburn. That's an interesting matchup. I look at these two teams. Auburn looks a lot better than what they did last year, much better, and much better than what I thought they'd be. I thought they'd go five and seven or something like that. No, this team looks like they could actually like go eight or eight and four, nine and three, maybe even better, maybe. And a And M's offense, it's drastically improved. It's actually good. Last year, it was non-existent. It was. One of the worst offenses statistically in the country last year. And, and it, 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 that's what led to them missing a bowl game. So, seeing that A&M's offense has improved a lot, I like Auburn. But, I don't know, I feel like A&M gets the edge here. Uh, so, I'm going to give the edge to A&M. But it's, it's a toss-up, and I wouldn't be surprised. No one should be surprised either way. Whoever wins. Uh, and our final noon game we're going to look at here is SMU and TCU. TCU's defense is really bad. Now, it looked much better against Houston last week. But overall, across, like if you put together all their games, it, it hasn't been good. And Houston's offense is questionable as well, so who knows. But then against Rice, they looked good. But then it didn't look good against Texas San Antonio. So yeah, Houston's offense is all over the place. So I I don't know about that game specifically, but... Overall, TCU Stevens hasn't been the best, and SMU looks really good. Uh, they held their own against Oklahoma, who looks much better. Oklahoma looks way better this year than they did last year. So, I don't know. Uh, I I think it's a rivalry game, and I think SMU's got some a, a big chip on their shoulder. Uh, they already don't like TCU. Neither of them like each other. But then TCU took their head coach, St. Dykes, and made it to the playoffs last year. And SMU, how they lost to TCU last year was a lot. It went down to the wire, so I think SMB gets revenge, and I think they get a close win over TCU. High-scoring game, most likely. Uh, Now, the afternoon matchups. Oregon and Colorado. This is the big one for the afternoon, and this is the most talked-about game of the week overall. Is this, like, the actual, like, quality-wise biggest game of the week? No, I'll talk about that one later, but it's the most hyped and most talked about. Is going to have the most eyeballs. 3.30 p.m. on ABC. Eastern Standard Time. Oregon in Colorado. I'll say this. Oregon with Bo Nicks. If Bo Nicks is on point. I just don't see with Travis Hunter out. How this is really a close game. But Bo Nicks has a tendency. And even last year he did. Of having his occasional. Off game. That's very very off. If. He were to have another off game. Does Colorado have a chance? I still don't know because of the of the running back, Bucky Irvin. Like Colorado's rushing defense is really bad. And then Oregon has one of the best running backs in the country. So if Bucky Irvin, if he if he's even if with Bo Nix is off, as long as he's not throwing a bunch of picks, uh I, I just I think Oregon has too much firepower. I do think Colorado has the office to, to, to stay in that game, even with, like, if Bonix is, especially if Bonix is down. But I just think at the end of the day, Oregon has just too much firepower. And it's, it's at Ottson Stadium. That's a lot. This is by far the toughest matchup they've had all year, Colorado. And even if Colorado loses by, like, two or two, what, uh, at least two touchdowns, look at this. If Colorado gets smashed by USC or Washington later on in the season, even if that happens, right? Even if Colorado ends at like seven and five, that is a humongous achievement over what they did last year. Even if they go six and six or seven and five, Deion Sanders should be a coach of the year candidate. They went from one and eleven and one of the worst teams in the country last year, in general, let alone what like level of conference they're in, in the FBS, to a seven and five team or a six and six team, in what is by a considerable margin. The best conference and toughest conference to play in this year in the Pac-12. Like, yes, <laughs> even with that seven and five or six and six, Deion Sanders should definitely be a finalist for Coach of the Year. So yeah, no, no even if they lose, that's you should like like this is still amazing what Colorado's done this year and what they'll do for the rest of this year. So yeah, I, I see Oregon winning by at least two touchdowns. But I, I like I said like. Colorado should still not be disappointed with that, with this entire season. Like, three or four wins was, like, what, the ultimate ceiling to a lot of people? For them to win, like, six or seven to make a bowl game? Like, that's a humongous accomplishment. So, yeah, like, my hat's off to to Colorado. They're still a very good team. And this is still, like, a a, a huge success for them. Way ahead of schedule. And if Deion were to stay with Colorado in the future, like, if he were to leave... And he were to stay, with the recruiting classes, they'll build up throughout the years. I don't think people understand if Dion's staying here long term. This is gonna be most likely on paper his easily his weakest team. So yeah, like like this Colorado team's gonna load up on recruits, uh, and they're gonna turn to a legit force. But in what two three years, they'll probably be in about two to three years. They're gonna be a. a, a, a if they build up from this recruiting-wise, a potential national title contender. Seriously. Colorado is, with the amount of talent that, that Dion can accumulate, and with that coaching staff, absolutely. They're doing this now with nowhere near what the talent that they're going to have in the next three to four years. So, yeah, watch out for Colorado in the future. Uh, UCLA and Utah is another big Pac-12 matchup, Both ranked. I think the thing that's going to hurt Utah is that UCLA's found their quarterback. I really like Dante Moore. As a Michigan fan, I hoped he would have committed to Michigan. We'll be fine with what we have in the future, but I really wanted Dante Moore, and a lot of Michigan fans did too. And what he's showing this year is proving that. UCLA has a very good offense now. Uh, They've stepped it up the last couple of games, and I think because of that, and Utah's just – their offense is not really clicking and hasn't really all year. I just think, like, I, I give the edge to, to UCLA. I said that Utah's, like, uh, their, their health problems with their quarterback, we're going to make it a little rough for them to start out the year, which is why I don't have them waiting to the pack over, even making a Pac-12 title game. But by the end of the year, there'll be a whole different team. Tim Rising will be back, and that team will be fully healthy. And, yeah, they'll be n- – n- no one gonna have to face them, is what I'm going to say. Uh Next up is Ole Miss in Alabama, thirty p.m. on CBS. Funny thing about this matchup is that despite this being V30 p.m. on CBS, we will not be seeing Gary Danielson and Brad Nestler commentating. They'll be commentating another game later on in CBS. Again, the SEC is not the the the, the, the golden goose of the CBS, of CBS anymore; it's the Big chin now. So it's, it's it's a lot to get used to. And growing up, like. CBS, well, as a little kid, it was actually CBS on the Big East on CBS. But, like, growing up in my preteen and in teenage years and college years, it was SEC on CBS. So it's a lot to have to get used to. But, yeah, like, I look at this Ole Miss and Bama matchup. I'm – I don't know, man. Like, Bama's O-line's, like, really bad all year. And even if Jalen Milrow, who I think is their best quarterback by a sizable margin, I just think with that O-line looking how it is – and I talked about in the past, Alabama isn't as physically imposing anymore. They don't have the line strength like they did in the past. I could make a whole episode about what's happened to Bama. But I'll just summarize it. I think Ole Miss, their quarterback play, I think their running back play is going to get better uh, because they have too talented running back game, running game to, to like not be that good. I just think all that combined with the line play advantage over Alabama, to me personally, I think Ole Miss is just going to be too much for Bama. I have Ole Miss winning by at least a touchdown. Yeah, I think Bama is. I think this is probably going to be Nick Saban's worst team since his first, like I said in the past. It, this team looks questionable in multiple spots. Uh, let's see here. That's the, that's the last of the afternoon games, and now it's time to go all the way to primetime. So we got LSU and Arkansas. Arkansas lost to BYU last week. Arkansas's offense has been off all year. Uh, and then when the offense starts to click against BYU, their defense falls off. So I, don't, I can't trust them against LSU at all. I believe it's going to be in Baton Rouge, too. Like, it's going to be, yeah. In Death Valley, I, I, I just think LSU's going to be too much for them. LSU by at least two touchdowns. Uh, let's see. Oregon State and Washington State. That's going to be the toughest game to pick, honestly, to me. This is a toss-up. If this goes to overtime, I wouldn't be surprised. If this goes to multiple overtimes, I wouldn't be surprised. This is, and these are two teams with huge chips on their shoulder, rightfully so, screwed over in, in, in regards to Pac-12, and conference realignment as a whole, the two biggest victims this year of it, should be in a Power 5 conference, honestly. Right? These two teams are very good. I'll give the edge to Oregon State because of physicality. They, I think they have, like, they're a slightly bigger team, but it's going to be in Washington State and Pullman. So I don't know. You see, Like I said, this is a toss-up. I, this goes either way to me. Like, I can't really pick a definitive winner with this one, honestly. Uh, but it's definitely a, a key game to watch. 7 p.m. on Fox. Now, n- Penn State and Iowa, 7.30 p.m. on CBS. Another two-ranked team. Uh, 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 what? Ranked matchup between number twenty four Iowa and number seven Penn State. Penn State looks really good. I predicted them I predicted them to be really good this year. I thought that they'd be a potential playoff team. I thought I picked them to make to be ahead of Ohio State in the Big Ten East rankings by the end of the season. I'm sticking with that. I think this will be a close game though, because I will always play as Penn State close. I don't know what it is, but they do. But at the end of the day, I think Penn State wins in typical Penn State-Iowa fashion by a touchdown or less, and neither team scores more than 24 points. (laughs) Uh, Notre Dame and Ohio State. Now on paper, this is technically like matchup-wise the game of the week because, yeah, it's two top 10 teams. And two on paper national title contenders this year. Notre Dame and Ohio State. I think Ohio State's offense finally clicked last week. I will say, though, it is Western Kentucky, and that's not really saying much, but still, it clicked, and that's saying a lot more than any other ranked team looked last week, so and even Notre Dame, who started out still against Central Michigan. But I don't know. I look at Notre Dame, and I, I think they just look across the board. I think they have a better quarterback. I think they have a better running back. I think their line's better. I think their defense is as good. Is up there. Is is definitely top 10, top 15 at least. I think Notre Dame, I'll give them the edge of Ohio State. It's at Notre Dame too. It's in South Bend. How they almost beat Ohio State last year, they gave them a lot of fits last year. This is a much better Notre Dame team, and this is an Ohio State team that I don't think is as good as last year's. So I'll give the edge to Notre Dame. I think they win a close one, and it's probably a low-scoring game as well. So one more matchup I wanted to talk about, a late-night one, Washington and Cal. I think Cal is a much-improved team from last year, but that defense is somewhat... Well, not the defense. No, never mind can No, the defense isn't that bad. I was thinking about something different. I was thinking about how Cal's offense looked great at first, but it's probably because North Texas' defense was so awful. But Cal stepped it up last week against Idaho, and Idaho's a very good FCS team. But at the end of the day, I think Washington's just too much. Washington is just a monster, and I think they win this game very comfortably by at least two to three touchdowns. So that was my college football picks for this upcoming Saturday and Saturday night, which will go into Sunday morning since I just talked about a late night game to Cal Washington. And now it's time to talk about my NFL picks. First off, 49ers and Giants on Thursday night. Uh, Saquon's out. This was not going to be close regardless. It's still not going to be close. As nice as it was that the Giants made an awesome comeback, this is going to be probably a blowout. Uh, Sunday, Falcons-Lions. Falcons are undefeated. That's pretty—I mean, it's only two games, but still. But at the, at the end of the day, I think the Lions— I just think Geno Smith and the Seahawks, they just ball out against Detroit. I don't know why, but they do. Uh, I think the Lions are fine. I, I think their defense is fine. Their offense looks really good still. I think that if they decided not to go for uh, go, on, uh, go for a first down on, on fourth and two on that play, if they just decided to punt the ball, they most likely win that game. Even with how, how on fire Geno Smith was, so I still have the Lions as a playoff team and my favorite to win the MC North, and I have them still. I have them beating the Falcons here. It's in Detroit too, so yeah, I, I think Detroit gets to win here. Uh, let's see. Titans and Browns. The Browns. That was a mess of a game, honestly, and they kind of had. They took advantage of the Bengals having an awful start to the season. So, I don't know. I think they're fool's gold still. I'm still saying they're going to be the most disappointing team in the, in the NFL this year. Uh, I think the Titans had a surprising win. And a, a bit of a, a, comeback, a, a comeback game for for Derrick Henry, Henry because his week one match performance was kind of weak for his standards. But he balled out in uh, last week. And I think that, I don't know, I think the Titans get the win here. I'm just not high on Deshaun Watson. He looked rough. I would low key on week one. It's just that Joe Burrow looked even rougher, but week two and Monday Night Football he looked really bad. I'm n- I don't know, man. I just think he's rusty. I- I'm not high on Cleveland at all. I think the Titans get the win here. I think with the Bills and Commanders, the Bills back to reality last week blew out the Raiders, and I think they probably do the same thing to the Commanders this week. This is not going to be a close matchup, even though the Commanders are two and zero. I I don't know, man. I, the Bills what if they do what they did last week if they play like that then they win this running way honestly uh the Saints and Packers the Packers this how to how to lose a game i guess like they had it and and they just decided to stop playing good in that fourth quarter i don't know what that was the Saints were my team to win the the, the NFC South by default, because I'm not high on anyone on that, in that division. And I don't know. This is another weird one. I think the Packers probably get the edge. I think the Packers played good. It's just, I don't know. They somehow lost. <laughs> but I think it, it, it not 10 out of 10 times, like, like, if they were to have a series of, of 10, get, 10 games between the Saints and, and, and the Packers this year, I think the Packers win probably seven of them. So because of that, I'll give the edge to the Packers here. And I like their quarterback. Jordan Love looks really good. Uh, Chargers and Vikings, battle of the disappointing teams this year. Besides, I, like I said, I thought the Browns would be the most disappointing team, but the Chargers and Vikings are really making, <laughs> giving them a run for their money. Both zero and two. D- this game, I mean, this is make or break for both these teams. And I don't really know, honestly, who wins this. I generally don't. Like, I think the Vikings might have. I don't know. Do they have a better offense though? So, because the, the the Chargers have a really good offense, but. The Chargers' defense is... I don't know how the defense for for the LA Chargers is so bad. They have so many st- talented star players on the defense, and they, yet it's awful. I have no idea why that is. I don't know. That's a toss-up. I might give the edge to Minnesota because it's at Minnesota, but either way, how both these teams are playing, I'm not... I don't know. I had the Vikings making the playoffs. I don't see that happening now. I think neither team makes the playoffs. So either way, this is... I don't know. I think the season's kind of over for both of them. The Bears and Chiefs, Jesus! Oh boy, that's just (laughs) the Bears are a mess. I'm not going to talk. Well, I think everyone knows about what's happening with the defensive former defensive coordinator. That's a hot mess. And then with the quarterback and just it's a mess. Uh, The the Chiefs are going to just if if this is if you want a game that's going to get the Chiefs back into their motions and everything like that, offensively and everything, this is it. They're going to blow their bears out and score at least five touchdowns, I think. And the Cowboys and Cardinals. Dallas just lost their star DB, uh, torn ACL in practice, which is awful. I think even despite that is Dallas is going to blow them out still. Come on. The Cardinals are not good. And no one thought they'd be good, and yeah, they're kind of proving it. Dallas wins this one by at least two touchdowns. Uh, as for our, for some reason, we have two Monday Night Football games again. I'll talk about the Rams and Bengals one because that's the one that's probably more talked about. Uh, Rams have been surprisingly really good this year, and Bengals, a make or break game for them. Uh, this is it. Uh, but I think the Bengals are kind of doing the same thing did the last two years. They start out so slow when they finally wake up. I think this is, I think this is the game that they wake up. Joe Burrow, and they have too much talent in this team. Receivers, too much talent. I just think at the end of the game, the Bengals finally turn around, find out what they have. They kind of did at the, in the second half against Baltimore like offensively. I think, the, I think they build off from that, and they get the. I think they pull off the win here. And they turn their, their season around, and, you know, the usual, end out probably top two ranked in the AFC, make the playoffs, go for a Super Bowl, potentially. So that's it. For today, uh, that was all my predictions. I don't do big time pick here because I kind of just did that for the <laughs> entire weekend. So slate. So yeah, like that's it. Again, thank you all for listening to this. Without you guys, I don't have this. Uh, thank you all for for subscribing and downloading and, and liking and following. Because again, without you guys, this doesn't exist. I'm a- almost what 50 episodes. It's entirely because of y'all. So again, thank y'all. Also, follow me on on social media, on Twitter, at Pulliam, P-U-L-L-I-A-M, underscore Blake, all lowercase, threads, Blake, underscore Pulliam, one, all lowercase, and on TikTok, the Triple Option Report, just like my podcast. So that's it for today. See you guys again on Monday. Remember, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. See you guys. Bye.